Welcome to the family with L.A. Nick, Alex Brant-Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brant-Bernard, and Melissa Bernard, and Catherine Brant, who's not here ever on time. Co-host Catherine Brant. There's a lot of traffic. Co-host Catherine Brant, who's never on time in her life. Just saying there's a lot of traffic. This is being bad. When she does get here, I want you all to ask her, what did you do in the car when you got in the car last night to go to dinner? Tom was bringing something up. What did you do in the car when you left for dinner last night? We'll be right back with the family. Kid. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Dougie, what's happening to my favorite Nissan stores? Well, a lot, actually. Last month, Dan Resch and the Burnsville team finished number one in the state, and the month before, J-Lo and the Coon Rapids team took the top state spot. KQ listeners. Yeah, I've had to explain what a pair of choppers means to some of the staff. Anyway, this month, we want to talk about a couple killer finance deals on 2020 Muranos and 2020 Rogues. Read this. This month at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan, get 0% financing for 60 months on a brand new Rogue or 0% for 72 months on a brand new Murano. Wow, 0 for 72 months on a Murano? Yeah, I don't remember the last time we did that. Yeah, I don't remember the last time the Vikes beat the Packers either. Yeah, too soon. But wait, there's more. Not only do you get 0% on Rogue and Murano, but you also get Walzer Care. It's a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty, and it's absolutely free, but only at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. That is a wrap. God, we were going to wait for Catherine, but then we remembered she's never on time. Anyway, <laughs> working through it. I had a laugh, and I heard your little spot about uh, Alex's room. On oh, KQ. yeah, all those years ago. <laughs> oh, when I when it was so they messy used, that the cops yeah. thought, thought somebody ransacked, ransacked our house. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, take that home with you. That's the way it is. That's okay. I got called... My brother called the police on me for not cleaning my room. <laughs> Good. No joke. So they came up be. on their little bikes. They wouldn't come today. They were like bike cops. <laughs> they came up and they said, you need to clean your room. And I got so scared. Uh, you oh should. My God. Good. I was so scared. I was like, I don't know, eight. T- today they wouldn't come. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, there's some amazing things that you look on news news websites now. Why don't you show your bent a little easier, oh, a little broadly? What? I, I, I like I was telling you off off camera, off break when we were break, you don't know what to believe anymore. No, so you don't. I just drove across country, and Yosemite Park's closed. Mm-hmm. It's signs that are closed. You go online, closed. So I said, you know, I'm just going to drive up to the gate. I drive, and I had because I had to. I had to get through the park to get to where I was going. And I go up there and I said, listen, I need to get to the other side of the park. That's where I'm going. She's like, well, the park's closed, but 
If you buy a weekend pass, we'll let you drive through. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's and, unbelievable. And here's the pass right here. Here's my weekend drive through pass with the dates on it. And they let me just, they said, buy a weekend pass and we'll let you drive through. That's just, what do you believe anymore? Money, money, you can't believe what it. do you yeah. believe? Nothing. Everything's bullcrap. Everything's a scam now. And I mean everything is a scam. You know, sometimes I do wonder, because uh, like I said, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm a centrist. I'm not Republican nor Democrat. Sometimes I, I wonder, yeah, because Trump was a lifelong Democrat before yeah. he ran for president. Yeah. People don't know that he was a lifelong Democrat before he ran for president, changed parties to run for president. I wonder if it's just in a scam to destroy the office before <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? What's any of them doing? What are any of them doing? No, What's right. Congress doing? But look at this. Look at this one. Here, here, I love it. What do you think the bent of this, the political bent of this news organization is? Here's the headline. People will be watching tonight's debate because of Kamala Harris. <clears throat> I, mean, I just love that. The fact that... Well, uh, everyone so, is so biased, man. It's uh, unbelievable. Driving, driving across, I just drove 4,200 miles in the last four days, and I listened to a lot of radio. And I don't know why we fund NPR. I don't either. Because they are disgracefully biased. Oh, I mean, they're they are disgracefully so biased. biased. They are disgusting. Well, who's funding? Does, why do, do I have to pay for that? they get taxpayers' dollars? Oh, yeah. Oh, that tons. needs to totally end right now. You're 100% right. Needs to end. NPR and MPR. No, you're, Both you're of them. right. MPR maybe is worse than NPR. And now you know what Nielsen did. They're included in the ratings now. Even though they don't run commercials, uh, they rate them just to show well, people every how Every single they are. story was just so biased. I know. It's how it is now. And every, every person on there who works for the network just gives their opinion. Willy nilly. Okay, I got to talk to Catherine for one second. Um, there's one thing on there you have to sign, and then if you would take a picture of both signature page pages and send them to Nick Stovall, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Hi. And then the second stack. <laughs> the second stack is the sublease for Nancy. So I, you did that, so I don't know anything about it. it but it expired. Who's Nancy? The woman in the, the office next door. Oh. Well, there's Nancy. Oh, that Nancy. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Nancy. And I'm I was pretty sure we don't have a lease with we Nancy. We know several Nancys. But in any but case. But he sold a house to Nancy. Maybe there was some sort of. I, I didn't know what was happening. I just came in. Yeah. In any yeah. case, if I could get through this eventually. Well, we could have done this after. Uh, no, break. I just wanted to know what it was. You were looking at it, so I wanted to tell you what it was. Oh, it's okay. just. Okay, okay. Got it. I'm sure getting here on time. We wouldn't have to worry about talking it's too it out nice here. To be yeah, on see, time. there you go. Just punish yeah, nice to be on time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just publicly punishing you for exactly. being late. Yeah, there no, we go. No, no, it's not for being late. Whoa. It's not for being late. It's not for being late. It's for what she did in the car last night on the way to. Oh dinner. yeah, we were supposed to ask you. Yeah, you I let the fart? most vile mm. fart. It was in the car. Incredible. In the car. It was some I respect. couldn't believe it came it out of me. Respect. It was that bad. It was that bad. As soon as Dad was like, "Ask Mom what she does," like she farted. It was very bad. <laughs> you knew him in immediately that she farted. She totally farted. Sometimes <laughs> those ones come out; they're just toxic. Well, man. no, the problem is I ate a lot of kale. Oh, yeah, well, kale go. makes me feel not great. Kale is Why a cleanser. Kale does crap? not affect because me. it tasted Ugh. so good. Well, kale tastes terrible. really good if you do it just yeah. right. Oh, I, I made well. this butternut squash kale chicken bake thing. Yeah. It was so delicious, that and I just good. was like, mm -hmm. and then the kale just got me. It got me big. Well, it you got should. me worse. You've got. Was it you? A really good thing to do with kale 
if it upsets your stomach. Yes. Is apparently it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does for me too. It was before bad. you so cook tasty. it, when you ch- before you chop it and everything, put it under hot, like warm to hot water, and massage it like a ton. Uh, really? I have to massage my kale. I, know, I mean, like, really. massage. Well, just kale. it'll make it. You not have an upset stomach. Oh well, I guess it would be worth it. Worth it. Because I, I do just like made, it. I just made that chili that you and I made on the TV years ago. Yeah. And that has kale in it. Oh, it's so kale in it. good. Here's what I think. The if there really was a god, ever. God would have stopped at corn and peas and no other vegetables. Because <laughs> other than corn and peas, they're all vegetables. worthless. Well, the highest and... sugar, least yeah. nutritious. Like... Corn isn't technically a vegetable. I like green no. beans. Not really. It's a grain. No. Corn like is? What? Yeah, green yeah. beans. I, don't, I used to, but I don't need more. I, I like green beans with salt, with a little bit of salt and pepper and butter. I've been finding, though, that green beans have, like, a lot of inedible components to them lately. You mean, like, string? Yeah. Yes. Modern, you have to green them. beans, all of a sudden, as of, like, a couple years ago, they've all got string that? in them that Why I can't even your eat. Green beans Probably at? genetically modified. You got what is that? Grown green beans. Get, the, get those hey, little uh, I think. The your phone's French ringing. ones. I'm not going to answer it. I'm on the podcast. Well, turn the ringer on. <laughs> yeah, it off. I've got a dog Jesus. on my lap. Oh, my God. Un- there I think, it goes. I thought the, the, the Avon lady was here, for Christ's sake. The Doorbell Avon. ringing. I'm so glad I so showed often. up. Is there still Avon ladies? <laughs> yeah, really. I don't, I don't I have think no there is. Yes, absolutely there's Avon. They are there really? people's yeah. doors? There's yeah. Mary Kay ladies. Yeah. They don't Didn't get kidnapped and killed? That was Mary Kay. Ah. Yeah. yeah. They, get them they, don't, they get don't really ki- knock on people's doors. Though. No, they don't. No. They it's like it's an MLM. No. No, you couldn't do that. This is definitely a family podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're all just making fun of each other. Being mean to Catherine. <laughs> I will offer anyone. Got phones going off. A disgusting croissant if they want it. What nope. are you disgusting? It Why does look it like disgusting? a little. Terrible. Looks a little thick. I went to this. There's a bakery in St. Louis Park called Honey and Rye that has really, really, really good croissants. And I was like, I have time to pick one up. I'm going to get one. And I'll have my decaf pumpkin ice latte. Mm-hmm. And I'll be so happy. And they weren't taking walk up orders, they're only taking. Order call ahead. Yeah. Call you call in or order online. Oh. And you can do rapid pickup, but it takes twenty minutes. And I was like, Well, That's not never mind. Rapid. And so I went across the street and I was like, Oh, Trader Joe's probably has like some sort of croissant mm. situation. I'll just do that, but it's no, I, was, I was actually surprised that in a lot of the little towns in California that California's just as separate as the rest of the country, unless yeah. you're in Southern California. Because I was in like Carson City, there's signs on the door, do not come in this store with a mask. Like really? <laughs> yes. Huh. And people smoking in bars. I couldn't believe it. Oh, that's good. That's like smoking really? cigarettes like in bars. Wisconsin. No, and no good. one cares. No mm. one says a word. I don't but like that. They I, are price gouges. There's price gouges. Susie, you cross that state line, oh, man. Gas goes to four bucks a gallon. The oh, second God. you cross, it's four bucks. Well, what? Three fifty dollars tax. So I mean. Yeah. I've seen thirty cents difference <clears throat> in gas. Between suburbs. Me too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you yeah. go from where, where I live, right now it's like 198. Yeah. Jordan's 230. It's crazy. Yeah. Around town here, it's like 220 for regular. Well, I paid four something at a couple places in California. And then one place when you go through Utah, it's all the salt flats for like 200 miles. Like there's nothing, there's nowhere like to stop. One dollar. The next gas station is four bucks because you have no choice. Yeah. You oh, have to yeah, get gas. Yeah. Yeah. That happened to us in Canada. Remember when we were going out to the Jasper ice fields? 
there's like no there's like right. no gas for like right. I don't even know seventy miles or something. Mm. So it's like last chance gas. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred dollars. I got scared last night because I was going through Wyoming and my GPS died and I had no signal and I didn't know which way to go. Oh, and God. it's dark. It was getting dark, and I don't. I don't want to drive. Last night. night? Yes. You I drove don't... in from Wyoming last night. Yeah. What? I drove in from California yesterday. How long were you on the road? Uh, twenty-two hours. Ugh. That's um, too long. But I, yeah. my GPS died, and I was lost. And I'm in. A, I'm in a, that big reservation. There's a Native American reservation there. I thought That's, they were all closed. They are closed. They're, They're all closed. closed. <laughs> but if you there. pay, if you yeah, pay, pay fifty bucks, they'll let you through. Oh. <laughs> Same with Yosemite Park. This is my pass for Yosemite Park. I get there, they say we're closed. I go, what do you mean? I said I can't go back. I have the address. What do you mean Yosemite's closed? The national fires. No, they're closed. Fires. I said I need to get to the other side. The address I got to go to, the house I'm going to, is in the park. It's on the landing strip. And she says, well, tell you what, if you buy a weekend pass, we'll let you. Give us money. It's just give us money. We don't mind if you burn up. And I literally literally almost, I'm not kidding you, I came within inches of hitting a fireman. I really did. I felt so bad, but I had nowhere to go. He jumped over the guardrail, and there was. Oh, that, God. I have video. Well, you weren't supposed to be there because the roads are supposed to be closed. There's my pass. You didn't know. There's, There's my, my pass. pass. I got we a pass. We have to take a break. We'll be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up, North Minneapolis. They were specifically looking for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, the owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page and not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner. They hit it off and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We not, are back, ladies and gentlemen. What? Not light and flaky. We're talking about this quote-unquote croissant. croissant. Well, I looked at it, and I was like, this is not going to be very good. Yeah. But then I was like, well, I'll just give it a yeah, shot. Super, it's, it's like it's bread. Like doughy. Yeah, it's, it's like bread. bread. Yeah, it's not a okay, I have a question. That someone wrote the word croissant. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Shaped like a croissant. I want to read something, and you guys guess what it is. Okay, okay. you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Petco won't sell product that brings pain to pets. That's the headline. Shock okay. collar. Very yeah. good. Yeah. It's prong, a shock collar. I was going to say shock collar or prong collar. Yeah. They will no longer sell shock collars. So does it actually hurt the animal? I think it does. Put one on. Try it. You can, it's, uh, depends. It depends. Because you can turn the like wattage up. Yeah. It, yes, have it you would tried the minimum? I have. It also depends on the size of the dog. Of course yeah, you have. And they the hurt. type of the dog has. You do not want that. The shock collars can range between the feeling of like... If, if you've ever had like the tens thing done for your muscles, mm-hmm. yeah, it can feel like that, which just kind of startles the dog. Yeah, 
or it can feel like, yeah, a pretty bad shock. Depending. Well, and there are vibrating collars, yeah. there are beeping collars, there are yeah. other things that do the same Water thing. Water spray collars yeah. like Jude, Jude has. has a spray collar works for Jude. When we adopted Birch, we had to sign a thing that said that we would never put a prong collar or shock collar on him. Huh. What is a shock collar supposed to do? Shock well, that's, you? That's what oh, they, know. That's what they what use for when invisible fence. When you go past fence. a per- certain point. Yeah. It's like an invisible fence. Oh, like an invisible yeah. fence. Well, but you thing can I also see. use it for like you know if Correction. your dog has yeah. the tendency to try to murder toddlers, you know. Well, so, yeah, that wouldn't be good. So, I don't know if it's that. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of seriously large warrior breed dogs that yeah. have a tendency to get aggressive people do use them. Yeah, in that's training. different. That's different. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. So right before we left, we have an old cat Oscar who's sixteen, <clears throat> who's now completely blind, oh, and Oscar. he got lost. And we could not find him. So we, we looked all day. We went down in the cornfield, all in the river, went everywhere, yelling Oscar, shaking his food can, and he's just gone. And the whole time we were looking for him, we saw this big herd of flock, whatever you call it, of, of uh, turkeys that kept running away from us and then coming back when we were past them. And so we looked for Oscar for like four hours. We finally gave up. And I'm like, well, maybe he got, got coyote got him. Or, so Nancy's, I was starving. I hadn't eaten all day. Nancy was in the kitchen making me a BLT. And I was looking out the window with binoculars. And I'm looking at the flock of turkeys. And there's Oscar in with the turkeys oh, all the way down near the river. Like down at the lower, lower pasture where the trail goes down. Yeah. They were all down there. And he was in with them. So he was. So I ran down there. He's hanging out with turkeys. <laughs> and he's blind, <laughs> completely blind. He can't see anything at all. Zero. So then I drive all the way to California at my friend's house who has a really old 17, 16-year-old dog who is completely can't walk two feet. He literally can't do anything. Yeah. He's, he's really frail. He goes missing. We, we only turn their back for a minute, and he's gone. So we look all day, all day for this dog. And we're sitting. So I didn't give up. I said, I'm going to sit out here and listen at night when it gets quiet. And we're in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of North, of North, North uh, California. I'm sitting there, and I heard a little... Like a little wind, yeah. Wind. And I uh, and the cat was looking a certain way. He had a cat, and the cat was looking down this ravine. So I went grab the flashlight, went running down there, and then the ravine goes up and down under this tree root was the dog laying in a hole, oh. stuck in there. And I could barely get up to him. And I yelled, Dean, I got him. And Dean came running down. And I said, somebody bring us a blanket because we had to carry him up this really steep hill. But to have two pets that can barely move, can barely walk two feet. You had to be go, rescue go. mission. And my cat was literally like five football fields away from the house. He can't even walk two feet. He literally can't walk two feet. Wandered around. It's amazing. And same with same with Jonah, Dean's dog. That dog can't walk up two flights, one step. Probably fell down the ravine, maybe. But how did he get back? He went all the way to the top and was in a hole. Everyone says that. I think he went somewhere to die. Oh, they do and that. And he found like perfect cave. It was a cave. Uh, it was like the perfect cave. I think he knew of it. Oh. He's been there before, I think, because he's been on that property most okay. of his life. Yeah, he could have. They do that. Dogs especially. Well, we yeah, saved, dogs we especially. saved him, brought him back. Now, Dean said yesterday he walked, followed him all the way to the other garden to, and was chasing birds. <laughs> second wind. Yes, Indeed. Second wind. It's all true, ladies and gentlemen. 
Andy's tracking down our guests. This ought to be interesting. Spencer Lee is the person's name. Bob Dylan, Outlaw Blues by Spencer Lee is a fresh take on this uh, famous yet elusive personality. A one-man hall of mirrors who continues to intrigue his followers worldwide. It is an in-depth account with new information and fascinating opinions, both from the author and his interviewees. Whether you're a Dylan fan or not, you will be gripped by this remarkable tale. Are we ready to go, Andrew? Yep. Spencer Lee with us. How are you doing, Spencer? Oh, I'm fine. Fine, thank you very much, Tom. Thanks for having me on the program. Absolutely, it's a, it's an honor to have you on. Uh, you're not going to talk to a bigger Bob Dylan fan anywhere in the world. This being Minnesota, it's true. <laughs> right. Oh well, I, I look look forward to hearing what you've got to say. I mean, if I want to look at the biggest Bob Dylan fan in the world, I just have to look in the mirror, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, what did it for me many, many years ago, and, I, and you would know the year of release, I don't remember, but it was a long, long time ago. <laughs> the final phrasing in uh, Positively 4th Street, what he says about his friend, or who he thought he was his friend, I wish that for just one time you could stand inside my shoes, is one of the great. It, I think it's the greatest couple <clears throat> of lines in the history of writing. Love it. Well, I, I remember when I first heard that, and I just thought, wow, you know, that, that somebody would say something as, as powerful and as fierce as that, actually. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's been very interesting to try and sort out where that song actually, actually comes from, because, uh, you know, Positively Fourth Street, uh, some people say that it's, it's about New York, and some people uh, say that it is, a, it is about Minnesota. There's a fourth street there, and I think mm -hmm. David Soul was at university there, and he told me that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, fourth Street, it's really not... Is it actually on the campus, or is it right next to the campus? Do you guys know? It, it might be part of the campus still, but I'm not certain about that, because it's a very <coughs> large campus, University of Minnesota, but yeah, Positively 4th Street. As a matter of fact, there was a record store there for years on that corner called Positively 4th Street, after oh, the song. Yeah. It was named after yeah. the song, absolutely. But of course, nobody really knows who the song is about, and it, it, it no. could be a song when he released it that he was saying goodbye to all the folkies that he'd been with in the past and he was moving on to new territory. Yeah, because he made the electron, uh, electric move and they hated it. They didn't like him yeah. playing an electric guitar. I thought it was a brilliant move on his part because it brought that style of music, folk music, to people who didn't like folk music. Well, indeed. And I mean, I saw Dylan in Liverpool in 1966 when he was on his electric tour. I'd seen him the previous year. Um, and he was backed effectively by the band. And this was the Judas tour. And when I went to the concert, I didn't know quite what I was going to expect. And there were people walking out in Liverpool, and a lot of them were going to a folk club that was across the road to make, to make their point, really. Uh, I'm glad to say that I stayed till the end and was on my feet applauding because I thought he was so good. But... I know that there was, there was one, at one point Dylan looked at the audience and he said, uh, there's a guy out there looking for a saint, and if he don't shut up, he's going to need one. <laughs> See, I love that. I mean, that's as good as the Judas quote, isn't it, really? <laughs> See, that works. That's a very Bob Dylan thing to say, <laughs> I will tell you that. I, I am absolutely convinced that he was enjoying it. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any he question. Was, he, did, he didn't mind people barracking him at all. He started telling stories. And by the, by the way, you live in Minnesota. Once in a while, you'll walk around one of the lakes downtown, and there'll be Bob Dylan sitting on a bench by himself, and nobody knows it's him. 
unless you had, had been around him before, you probably wouldn't know it was Bob Dylan. But once in a while, he'll just be sitting on a park bench, and people walk by, and then he'll just get up and leave, and nobody knows it's Bob Dylan. It's hilarious. Well, he, he, he's been able to do that throughout his career. Yep, I mean, there was yep. a case in Liverpool about 15 years ago. He came to, to Liverpool to do a concert. He came into town early, and he thought, I'd like to see the childhood home of John Lennon. It is now a National Trust property, mm-hmm. and you could buy a ticket to see it. You buy the ticket in Liverpool, and there was a bus that took you out to the property. And Dylan didn't ask for special treatment to go around. He went to his office, bought a ticket and went on the bus to see the house. <laughs> I love, love and, and, and when he got, when he, oh, you'll love this, when he got there, um, he was shown around the house with about eight other people in there. And when he went up to John Lennon's bedroom, John Lennon's bedroom from the 1950s, he went in the room and he said, Nan, this is as cold as Hibbing. <laughs> That's a great line. For people who don't know, Hibbing is a town in, uh, in northern Minnesota where Bob Dylan was born. That's, that's what Hibbing is. And Kevin McHale, uh, NBA superstar back in the day. And it's cold. It's cold. Yes, it, it is. absolutely is cold. Everything yeah, up and there, there wouldn't cold. have been much central heating back then, would there? Mm-hmm. No. Spencer, another great story about Bob Dylan at the uh, Duluth Armory in Duluth, Minnesota. As a very, very young, uh, either an older boy or a younger man, I don't remember. And his best friend from, from school growing up, in uh, Minnesota, his best friend tells the story that Bob Dylan's career really started. He went to the uh, Duluth Armory in, in Minnesota to see Buddy Holly many, many years ago, obviously. And while he was sitting in the audience, Buddy Holly made eye contact with Bob Dylan, and Dylan claimed to his friend, "That's what I'm going to do." They claimed that's where he got the idea to become a become a musician and a writer and a singer. Yes, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure about the eye contact. I mean, that's what performers do, don't they? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, if, they if do. If you're a really good performer, you make eye, eye contact with a whole pile of people. Right. But uh, it, it's interesting that he was impressed. And incidentally, when I spoke to Bobby V, he said something most interesting. Love him. He said, even if I didn't know where he came from, if I heard his songs, I would know from the type of images that he had that he came from Minnesota. I think that's true. I think it's absolutely true. And by the way, Robert Valine, Bobby V, who Spencer's talking about, Robert Valine, another really, really talented man from the same area. Yep. Yes, I, and Bob Dylan played in his band for a very short while. He told him he'd been Conway Twitty's pianist. <laughs> that's <laughs> they, right. They had him, but, they, but it, it really wasn't suitable. You know, it's an interesting week. Now, uh, sometime this week, uh, with the last couple of days, John Lennon's birthday, was it not? I believe. It's John Lennon's birthday, October the 9th, yes. Oh, it's October yeah, the 9th, so it's in two more days. He would, have, he would have been 80. So two 80, more days wow. of his birthday would have been 80, but the amazing thing, he has been dead for 40 years already. Has it really been yeah. 40 years? 40 years he's been dead. Wow, I didn't think I it know, was that long. I know, it's extraordinary. I mean, the Beatles' dates and John Lennon's dates are actually very, very neat, aren't they? 1940 to 1980, and the Beatles were 1960 to 1970. Um, so it's very good from an anniversary point of view. I mean, it's very sad that we have to remember his death in 1980. Um, in, yeah. in Liverpool, I'm not sure what they'll be doing. Um but I know when he actually did die in 1980, 
on St George's Plateau, which is a very big space in Liverpool. Um, there were about 100,000 people there um, with a service for him on the Sunday after he died. No, Spencer, I do have to ask you this question. This morning, because I do a morning show as well, I, I, I interviewed Alan Alda and Henry Winkler and a couple of other people. Uh, Eddie Van Halen died yesterday morning, one of the great uh, guitarists of all time. In Van Halen, he, he died yesterday morning, unfortunately. So we're talking about that quite a bit uh, today. Is there any indication, or do you feel, Spencer, that there is one particular person or group of people that Bob Dylan was talking to was there somebody like his mother, his father, uh, uh, you know, a friend, when he's saying the things he says, is, is he trying to impress them? Is he trying to get a point across to anybody specifically, do you think? You don't know because he doesn't answer, answer that. He so doesn't. I, I, know. I, I, think from, <laughs> I, I know that um, he gave a song called I'll Keep It With Mine uh, to Judy Collins. Yeah. And uh, Joan Byers said that song was written for me. Neither of them was sure who, who, he'd written the, who he'd written the song for. So I think there is that mystery about him. And I think he writes quite a lot of composite songs as well, where yeah. it could be about a number of different people. Uh, I mean, I, I think mostly he's writing the songs for himself, as it were, and, the, and then they come out in the way they do. What is great about his songs is the way that so many people can cover them. Mm -hmm. Even though they may seem uh, pretty personal, uh, you know, they can, they can work with other artists. And, uh, I mean, in this country, uh, Manfred Nunn uh, did an awful lot for Bob Dylan's career oh, by yeah. recording songs like The Mighty Crim, If You Gotta Go, Go Now. Mm -hmm. And incidentally, one of the people I've spoken to for the book is uh, the lyricist uh, Tim Rice. And he told me that in 1965, he saw Manfred Mann on British TV on a show called Ready, Steady, Go. Sure. Singing with God on our side, which was a song he'd never heard before. And he said, when it gets to, towards the end of the song, uh, Dylan sings, and I can't think for you, you'll have to decide, did Judas Iscariot have God on his side? <laughs> And Tim Rice thought, that's a remarkable line. What yeah. was Judas actually thinking when he did what he did? And a couple of years later, he said to Tim, he said to Andrew Lloyd Webber, let's write a song. And that, that line was the inspiration for Jesus Christ Superstar. I got to be honest with you, Spencer, that, that's the kind of fascination I have, whether it's acting or singing or whatever the art is you're performing. You are doing it for a very specific reason, and I think it's a very good question to ask. What was Judas thinking? I, that that yes. would be wonderful to know, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it was a wonderful song from Bob, from Bob Dylan. Yeah. I don't think he got it from anywhere, you know, he... It came out of his head, and that uh, with God on our side is such a beautifully constructed song. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, all his songs from that period, but then he changes completely and, you know, does a, an album like National Skyline. And that there is also something about Bob Dylan that he can, if he wants to, write extremely commercial songs. And, you know, he's got that throughout his career. There are some just wonderful songs that almost anybody can sing. And then there are songs that, you know, defy belief and you haven't a clue what they're about. And so he, he, I, I call the book Outlaw Blues, which is based after one of his lesser-known songs, because I, I think he is an outlaw. He's, he's a maverick in the best possible sense of that word. 
Um, he's, he's just different from anybody else. And when people say, well, a few people have said to me, well, what category would you put Bob Dylan in? And I'd say, well, really, he, he's his own genre. Everything is mixed in there, and uh, nobody else has been like him. It's true. Spencer Lee, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Dylan, Outlaw Blues, the name of the book. I'll close with this, Spencer. For me, as a young boy, a young teenager, there's never been a better combination, one writing the song, one performing it, than Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix and All Along the Watchtower. What a... The fact that Hendrix took that song and recorded it, I, it's one of the greatest songs and performances of all time. I, I think it is an extraordinary performance. And interestingly, when Bob Dylan heard that performance, he, he, he thought it was really good and started doing all along the watchtower like that himself. <laughs> there you go. Spencer, thank you so much for your time. Huge Bob Dylan fan. It's a joy talking to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Tom. Cheers. Bye. Have a good day, sir. We'll be back right after this with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Now, L.A. Nick just ruined the rest of my day because I'm going to have Day of the Eagle in my head the rest of the day because of you. How did that ruin your day? I love that song so much. It enhances your day. It does enhance Robin Trower was very underrated. Extremely. Not at the time, but now. He just kind of fell into a crack to get carried on to the next generation. Robin I remember going to see Robin Trower at the Philadelphia Zoo, and it was just spectacular just one of the best performances ever in history well, it's only money yeah, that, oh my that god what a great song was just an amazing performer guitar player well absolutely just, is trower still around yeah, I is believe. he still alive i think he is i believe so i think he is yeah. absolutely robin trower is in fact still alive how old is he now about 75 he is exactly well not exactly but yes he's 75 75 years old he there turned 75 in march Love the guy. His albums, the uh, Earth Below to Earth Below. Those oh, albums. Oh, my God. Those Amazing albums, albums. Were good. But you take a Bob Dylan song like All Along the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix then records it in his own style. Robin Trower's inspired, then he does it in his own style. See, I was, in my generation, I thought it was a Robin Trower's song. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand you know, that. Absolutely. I was raised in the 70s and became an 80s kid, so we just, Robin Trower was all along the Watchtower, period. Well, there's a lot of those that people don't realize that they're actually covers. But his his version is spectacular. Oh, there's no question about it. He also does, do you think most people even know what Bridge of Size is? No. Bridge of no. Size. Bridge of Size is a is a bridge that grows from the courthouse to the prison in yep. a town in Italy. Yep. Uh. <laughs> 
It's, it literally is the bridge of sides. That makes sense. Because <laughs> you're on your way to prison. Speaking of prison. prison. Speaking of prison, Tom's going starting right after the show. The only hope. Speaking of prison, I saw. Well, I was surprised how many prisons are in Wyoming. Because I grew through, drove through like the most remote part of Wyoming, Group Twelve, and there's signs like every couple hundred miles that say, "Prison ahead, no hitchhiking prohibited." Prohibited. But you see the prisons; you're in the middle of nowhere. You're not even escaping. Yeah, you're not going to escape. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go anyway. That's the thing. Yeah, you escape. You're starved to death halfway to the next prison. You wouldn't make it anywhere. There's nowhere to go. It's going to be an interesting weekend again. Why? Uh, Derek Chauvin got released on bail. I know. Oh. Well, I mean, well, he's, this is America. I mean, is here's what I love about I that. I know, but they're like trying to force. No, this is America. The rules are for everybody, not but, just but they, you. I'm like. just they saying, wanna, I don't think it's going to be a good week. They want to get rid of cash bail. They want to get rid of cash bail forever. So why should, they should be happy. I don't really understand the concept anyway. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Your guy is different than my guy. So that's the problem. What were we saying, Andy? Sorry. I just don't understand purpose of bail anyway i don't either just to, to yeah. make sure you show up for court yep well but i mean you can make sure if they're in prison you don't go into a prison you don't go into the system until you've actually been tried no. and found guilty, guilty. right yeah I so guess. you are you held, you're, held, you're held in a jail when when is for a little while court when does I he don't go to know in the case. It's several months. Oh, it's oh, gonna, probably March. I'm sure they're going to yeah. try to time it, it with some, it, sort of, elect, some sort of some sort of election way, or something. Yeah, yeah, to increase the odds of yeah. them getting their candidates. You know, Tim Ivory, my good friend for a long time, uh, said it best when he was running. Uh, he was running a golf course, not the one he's at now, but there was a woman that showed up every day, and I would say the same thing to these people who are bitching about him being released on bond, because he is an American, and Americans get released on bond, okay? But uh, he, he would always go over, he was the manager, and this woman, every time she ate there, she complained. Every time. So why finally, do you keep coming back, lady? She, yeah, why do you keep coming back if you don't like it? If it's so right? horrible. So they bring her food. And my friend Timmy walks over and says, well, good afternoon, Mrs. So-and-so. Is anything all right? (laughs) (laughs) Did she even get it? I don't think so. I will tell you this, though. Uh, It is time to ask that whole group of people, these rioters, and if I hear Kamala Harris one more time talk about, and now we've got Michelle Obama doing it, Mostly peaceful protests. That's so ridiculous. They were not mostly peaceful. No one believes that anymore. I know. She just keeps yammering on and on. I Calling a, the president I, a racist really helps, too, I had an idea for a business adventure. You, you adventure? Get venture? Venture, I mean. Venture. Or adventure. Or maybe. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. <laughs> business business class. Class. I don't think you anybody have a great wants a big warehouse. Adventure. You have a great big warehouse, and you could have, like, stuff that people could just go break. Yes. Yeah, really. <laughs> get their anger like out. Like, you know, I hate yeah. Trump, you know, warehouse. So you mm-hmm. could go and just break stuff and lit, maybe even light stuff on fire. You could have, like, a room. Yes. You know, that was, like, you know, sprinklers. Light it on fire. That it, then they... Put out the fire. What do you think? People I, would pay ten bucks to go I, break. I think stuff. they would get some frustration out. Get the one eight hundred yep. got junk people that are getting paid true, to pick up are. junk. Go load Shop it into this. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Nobody. Nobody would do it. Yeah. No. Well, the they point isn't to break but, stuff. The point well, is the to point exert is, your power yeah. on others. And the point is just to get yeah. your, to get something valuable. Yeah. Yes. 
And looting, yeah, that's a big part of it, too. I thought it was a good idea, honey. No, I did yeah. I think it was a good idea. It would have been shot in the ass. It would be a good idea for, like, <laughs> kids. If you could, like, have a six-year-old go in there and break stuff, that would there be you good. Go. Well, they used oh, to yeah. have these pl- places you could go break plates or something. Remember those? Yes. Those yeah, were big absolutely. at some that Greek point wedding. in time. That so, yeah. let me ask you a question, and I'm very serious about this, because it's wearing me out. I, I just, and it has nothing to do with Donald Trump or who the hell ever the president is. I just don't understand why you have the balls to call the president of the United States a racist. What is wrong you with you? Because we've been getting away. It's, People have been doing that for 10 the years. The race card is something you can't fight. You can't argue against it. Because right. no matter what you say, they'll say that's exactly what a racist would yep, say. No, exactly. So it's yep. a no-win situation. No, a tribalist would say that, not a racist. <laughs> they don't know the go, go back to school. Yeah, it's, it's, You're it's, a moron if you think that's true. Apparently, you can't not win. you. I mean, yeah, range you rooms win. already exist. See? See, Catherine, your Sorry. great idea shot How are they doing? How are they doing? Not great. Oh, rats. Apparently, the first rage rooms Whoops. were opened in Japan in 2008. Doesn't surprise me at all. I can see that in Japan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the uh, salary men whose lives are just awful. Yeah, yeah, I can see that in Japan. Because Japan has a big alcoholism problem. <laughs> really? They have an extremely so toxic work. No, yeah. nothing compared to America. They have Way extreme rate, really? uh, suicide rate. Yes. Well, their, their work culture is very, very awful. Why are they so miserable? Because of their work culture. They're expected to work, you know, 60, 80-hour weeks and not say anything about it. So there's balance in the universe. So Americans don't want to work at all. So the balance is the Japanese work their ass off. Pretty much, yeah. Why doesn't Japanese culture, like, change? If they're seeing that this is very harmful to the workers. You want to know why they don't change? Because it is the safest place on the face of the planet. It is. It's yeah, very safe. Fact. Really Unless fact. you're violent. killing not, yourself. No, not just that. It No, it actually is the safest. It has the highest standard of food in the world, so you can't get food poisoning. Mm-hmm. It's the safest, cr- lowest crime rate very in clean. the world. It, it, they're germaphobic, so everything is scrubbed every day with boiling yep. water and bleach. Every day. You, you, you wake up in the crack of dawn, there's people out there in white suits scrubbing every light pole, every fence post, yep. everything. They clean it's everything every day. It's the safest place on earth. Period. But and they like it that way. Well, the you can, can't you people, have that and not and not high suicide rates? Well, can't you have both? I, I think the, the problem <laughs> between I think the biggest thing there. Am I dreaming I, too? I've big? spent some time there. I think the biggest problem there is they don't they're not very social. So you don't get right. to you don't get to push out your no, your, yeah. your frustrations anywhere. You have to, you're not you have to walk this way on the sidewalk and this way on this sidewalk. You can't talk on your cell phone, blow your nose or cough or sneeze in public. So you're you're very inward all the time inward. They have a saying in Japan, the blade of grass that gl- grows above the others gets cut down. That's right. And you ha- that is They fact have that there. same saying that in is, Minnesota too. Yeah, that's Minnesota true. does too. Minnesota's the same. They have a very Scandinavian Japan view. Japan is of, very like yeah. that. You can't be anything and it, and it's very like I said, not social, and there's no, it's hard to get into a relationship there. That's true. They're having big female. problems with their birth rates. Male and female, it's very hard to connect. I read something recently that said that uh, Japanese women just don't want to get married because yeah. of all of the well, social constraints. They're just like, yeah, they're like, we're not, it's not going to get married. Yeah, there's not well, the men are doing it, too. It's the men almost, are withdrawing and becoming uh, hikikomori. It's almost like there's not even male and female what there anymore. <laughs> It means withdrawn yeah. guy who just sits in his it's, room it's, all day. It's very oh, common. So there. Yeah. That's why okay. you have. If you watch, there's a there's a documentary on Netflix called American Idol or uh, Tokyo Idol, 
and it's about older men who follow these young teenage girls around, and they pay like twenty or five hundred dollars to hold just to touch their hand, and that's oh. where it's at there. That's creepy. Um, oh, just to so touch, all they do is touch your hand. They just touch your hand for a second. And you know, Andy crazy. has admitted to my face that he wants to, he could live there. Well, I actually Japan. could live there too. Yeah. I nope. could live in Japan too, but they wouldn't let you, but I would <laughs> like to. Um, well, to be specific, we're mostly Japan. talking about a culture that exists in the big cities, Tokyo. Right, right, right. right. But uh, if you go out into like the suburbs, the country, that's not really the problem. Because it's, you know, true. just like in America, yeah. you know, you go to New York City, everyone's miserable yeah, because they're all trying so hard yeah. to be right. Tokyo's the biggest city in the world, so yeah. there you go. That's true. doesn't feel like it when you're there. It doesn't at all. Really? No, not at all. It does not feel I've like you're it's in like the it's like so crowded, it's <clears throat> impossible it's, it's to not, even it's breathe. Not, it's not true. Huh. Subway is in Russia. Well, right? it's That's very it. crowded, but it's very orderly. It's it, You would not feel overwhelmed at all. <clears throat> I, I, I've been to... Not at all. You would not think I'm in the biggest city in the world. Huh. Not even close. I've been more claustrophobic in any city in America. Well, we know somebody that lives in Japan and has lived in Japan for a very long time. Right, Alex? Sure do. <laughs> She's still there. Yeah. She oh, teaches. Uh, she went, sister? Yeah, yeah, she teaches She went there to English, teach English, yeah. and she's never come back. Now they don't hire Americans to teach, <clears throat> teach English anymore. They hire Australians. Um, why? Same with, I'll tell you why. Same with movies. They used to show all American movies and listen to American music. No longer. It's all Australian movies, music. I thought it was country western. Nope, because it's because when we came out with the, with the gang culture in music and movies, um, showing guns and sex, yep, they yep. said, no more. Don't Get blame them. Get out of here. Don't Get blame them. Get out of here. Because they don't want their kids seeing it. <laughs> 35 years ago, I got in a battle with the mayor of Minneapolis, then Don Frazier, and the chief of police, Anthony Boza. And I said, you guys need to do something about the gang problem in the city of Minneapolis. And they said, there are no gangs yeah, in Minneapolis. Yeah, they still, they still deny it. <laughs> I know, they still deny there are gangs. It's unbelievable. They literally still deny it. The other, the other day, I forget which, which uh, one of the council members... That actually sent me sent me a thing saying, "Do you actually blame city council?" And I'm like, "Who, who else do you gonna blame?" Yeah, who are you gonna blame? <laughs> the scumbags on that thing. We gotta take a break. We'll be back with hour two.